Chapter number 19 of Sentimental Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sentimental Education by Gustave Flaubert. Chapter 19 A Bittersweet Reunion. He traveled. He realized the melancholy associated with packet boats, the chill one feels on waking up under tents, the dizzy effect of landscapes and ruins, and the bitterness of ruptured sympathies. He returned home. He mingled in society, and he conceived attachments to other women. But the constant recollection of his first love made these appear insipid, and besides the vehemence of desire, the bloom of the sensation had vanished in like manner his intellectual ambitions had grown weaker years passed and he was forced to support the burthen of a life in which his mind was unoccupied and his heart devoid of energy toward the end of march eighteen sixty seven just as it was getting dark one evening he was sitting all alone in his study when a woman suddenly came in madame Arnoux, frederick she caught hold of his hands and drew him gently towards the window and as she gazed into his face she kept repeating tis he yes indeed tis he in the growing shadows of the twilight he could only see her eyes under the black lace veil that hid her face when she had laid down on the edge of the mantelpiece the little pocket-book bound in garnet velvet she seated herself in front of him and they both remained silent unable to utter a word smiling at one another at last he asked her a number of questions about herself and her husband they had gone to live in a remote part of brittany for the sake of economy so as to be able to pay their debts armoux who is now almost a chronic invalid seemed to have become quite an old man her daughter had been married and was living at bordeaux and her son was in garrison at mostaganem then she raised her head to look at him again but i see you once more i am happy he did not fail to let her know that as soon as he heard of their misfortune he had hastened to their house i was fully aware of it how she had seen him in the street outside the house and had hidden herself why did you do that then in a trembling voice and with long pauses between her words i, I was afraid yes afraid of you and of myself this disclosure gave him as it were a shock of voluptuous joy his heart began to throb wildly she went on excuse me for not having come sooner and pointing towards the little pocket-book covered with golden palm branches i embroidered it on your account expressly it contains the amount for which the belleville property was given as security frederick thanked her for letting him have the money while chiding her at the same time for having given herself any trouble about it no tis not for this i came i was determined to pay you this visit then i would go back there again and she spoke about the place where they had taken up their boat it was a low-built house of only one story and there was a garden attached to it full of huge box trees and a double avenue of chestnut trees reaching up to the top of the hill from which there was a view of the sea i go there and sit down on a bench which i have called frederick's bench then she proceeded to fix her gaze on the furniture the objects of virtue the pictures with eager intentness so that she might be able to carry away the impressions of them in her memory the maheshal's portrait was half hidden behind a curtain 
but the gilding and the white space of the picture which showed their outlines through the midst of the surrounding darkness attracted her attention seems to me i knew the woman impossible said frederick it is an old italian painting she confessed that she would like to take a walk through the streets on his arm they went out the light from the shop windows fell every now and then on her pale profile then once more she was wrapped in shadow and in the midst of the carriages the crowd and the din they walked on without paying any heed to what was happening around them without hearing anything like those who make their way across the fields over beds of dead leaves they talked about the days which they had formerly spent in each other's society the dinners at the time when l'ordre industriel flourished arnaud's fads his habit of drawing up the ends of his collar and of squeezing cosmetic over his moustache and other matters of more intimate and serious character with delight he experienced on the first occasion when he heard her singing how lovely she looked on her feast day at st cloud he recalled to her memory the little garden at Othay, evenings at the theatre a chance meeting on the boulevard and some of her old servants including the negress she was astonished at his vivid recollection of these things sometimes your words come back to me like a distant echo like the sound of a bell carried on by the wind and when i read the passages about love in books it seems to me that it is about you i am reading all that people have found with as exaggerated in fiction you have made me feel said frederick i can understand werther who felt no disgust at his charlotte for eating bread and butter poor dear friend she heaved a sigh and after a prolonged silence no matter we shall have loved each other truly and still without having ever belonged to each other this perhaps is all the better she replied no no what happiness we might have enjoyed oh i am sure of it with a love like yours and it must have been very strong to endure after such a long separation frederick wished to know from her how she first discovered that he loved her it was when you kissed my wrist one evening between the glove and the cuff i said to myself ah yes he loves me he loves me nevertheless i was afraid of being assured of it so charming was your reserve that i felt myself the object as it were of an involuntary and continuous homage he regretted nothing now he was compensated for all he had suffered in the past when they came back to the house madame arnoux took off her bonnet the lamp placed on a bracket threw its light on her white hair frederick felt as if some one had given him a blow in the middle of the chest in order to conceal from her his sense of disillusion he flung himself on the floor at her feet and seizing her hands began to whisper in her ears words of tenderness your person your slightest movement seemed to me to have more than human importance in the world my heart was like dust under your feet you produced on me the effect of moonlight on a summer's night when around us we found nothing but perfumes soft shadows gleams of whiteness infinity and all the delights of the flesh and of the spirit were for me embodied in your name which i kept repeating to myself while i tried to kiss it with my lips i thought of nothing further it was madame arnoux such as you were with your two children tender grave dazzlingly beautiful and yet so good this image effaced every other did i not think of it alone for had always in the very depths of my soul the music of your voice and the brightness of your eyes 
she accepted with transports of joy these tributes of adoration to the woman whom she could no longer claim to be frederick becoming intoxicated with his own words came to believe himself in the reality of what he said madame ornu with her back turned to the light of the lamp stooped towards him he felt the caress of her breath on his forehead and the undefined touch of her entire body through the garments that kept them apart their hands were clasped the tip of her boot peeped out from beneath her gown and he said to her as if ready to faint the sight of your foot makes me lose my self-possession an impulse of modesty made her rise then without any further moment she said with the strange intonation of a somnambulist at my age he frederick ah no woman has ever been loved as i have been no where is the use in being young what do i care about them indeed i despise them all those women who come here oh very few women come to this place he returned in a complacent fashion her face brightened up and then she asked him whether he meant to be married he swore that he never would are you perfectly sure why should you not tis on your account said frederick clasping her in her arms she remained thus pressed to his heart with her head thrown back her lips parted and her eyes raised suddenly she pushed him away from her with a look of despair and when he implored of her to say something to him in reply she bent forward and whispered i would have liked to make you happy frederick had a suspicion that madame ornu had come to offer herself to him and once more he was seized with a desire to possess her stronger fiercer more desperate than he had ever experienced before and yet he felt the next moment an unaccountable repugnance to the thought of such a thing and as it were a dread of incurring the guilt of incest another fear too had a different effect on him lest disgust might afterwards take possession of him besides how embarrassing it would be and abandoning the idea partly through prudence and partly through a resolve not to degrade his ideal he turned on his heel and proceeded to roll a cigarette between his fingers she watched him with admiration how dainty you are there is no one like you there is no one like you it struck eleven already she exclaimed at a quarter past i must go she sat down again but she kept looking at the clock and he walked up and down the room puffing at his cigarette neither of them could think of anything further to say to other there is a moment at the hour of parting when the person that we love is with us no longer at last when the hands of the clock got past the twenty-five minutes she slowly took up her bonnet holding it by the strings good-bye my friend my dear friend i shall never see you again this is the closing page in my life as a woman my soul shall remain with you even when you see me no more may all the blessings of heaven be yours and she kissed him on the forehead like a mother but she appeared to be looking for something and then she asked him for a pair of scissors she unfastened her comb and all her white hair fell down with an abrupt movement of the scissors she cut off a long lock from the roots keep it good-bye when she was gone frederick rushed to the window and threw it open there on the footpath he saw madame arnoux beckoning towards the passing cab she stepped into it the vehicle disappeared and this was all End of chapter number nineteen